1: Just goes a little mad sometimes.
0: Wolfman's Nars.
1: They're coming to get you, Barbara.
0: Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all gonna laugh at you! You're listening to the Jersey Cool.
1: Hey everybody, what's up and
0: welcome back to another episode with the Jersey ghouls and tonight it is just you and me baby just like I like it and because especially because tonight we're gonna get we're gonna get into it like this is an episode that I think is a long time coming but I've been dodging both of these directors with for a very good reason for a very long time so I'm excited to get into these movies.
1: Same I you know what this was a very surprising episode for me um Tonight we're 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 kicking it back to 2007.
0: Yeah. For, now,
1: how are these built? Were these built as like Grindhouse, Death correct. Proof, Grindhouse, Planet Terror? Correct. Correct. And
0: originally they did absolute They were shown together at the movies and they totally bombed. So we're going to talk about Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez's 2007 Grindhouse: colon, Death Proof, comma Planet Terror. Comma exclamation point dot 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 lol jk brb maybe I made up a couple of things at the end no. I, don't but- so. I, don't, I don't think so I don't think so but um this this when they put this out it actually literally bombed as a double feature in the movies it was beaten by any guess I'll give you a hint it was a Will Ferrell movie that beat it in two thousand and it's a terrible Will Ferrell movie Will Ferrell oh, and no. John Heater. Oh, was that the ice skating movie? Yes, Blades nice. of Glory. Yeah, Blades of Glory whoops its ass, and I gotta tell you, the dude bros were not happy that day. The Eli mm-hmm. Roth and all of his friends were not happy that day. But yeah, this movie actually um, was originally released as a double feature, and I think is watched best as a double feature.
1: I I think that it's a cool concept. Um, I mean, this is definitely for, you know. People that really enjoy people, people that enjoy cinema, people that enjoy films. I think, you know, I love how you just said it
0: to, like a pretentious film school, right? Was, well, that's what I'm that I enjoy my,
1: cinema. The cinema, like, I think, you know, no no offense to the film school kids, right? Um, that's me, right? But it's like, I feel like this in concept was an awesome idea. Bring back the double feature, like, let's the grindhouse, do yeah. the grind house thing.
0: But not in 2007. Nobody was. I guess here for it, it didn't,
1: it just didn't work. You know, it's one of those,
0: this might have worked in 1997. Yeah, I think so too. I think it was just a, a case of bad timing. So, just to, for, for the non film school geeks out there, a grind house thank you wikipedia is actually an american phenomenon it was a theater that would show almost entirely low budget either horror action exploitation splatter films but what's an exploitation film you might ask i'm glad you asked jackie because according to the oxford english dictionary now that's me getting real film school (laughs) snobby. um yes i used to read the oed for fun come at me um so I wish I had that kind of time on my hands still. <laughs> Jesus, what did I do with all my free time?
1: Well, um, Webster's Dictionary defines <laughs> exploitation. Like, I
0: feel like I'm writing a paper back in ninth grade. What is love? Love <laughs> is according to Romeo and Juliet. I feel like I'm about to write a paper on Romeo and Juliet. But anywho. An exploitation film is a specific type of cinema that is usually cheaply and quickly made, much like a porno, almost. Mm. But rather than get your rocks off from sexual stuff, this one is designed to create the profit by referring to exploiting and basically blowing up and almost making fun of contemporary cultural anxieties. So for example, 70s, where I would argue is the heyday of exploitation films, dealt a lot with like fear of second wave feminism. Fear of liberals, fear of biker gangs, fear of all these things. That fear of drugs and like you know running rampant. And I always think of like think of like Taxi Driver as like the world's mainstream exploitation film, right? They're they're exploiting our fear of how dirty and grimy and horrible New York was, and of mm-hmm. how inselly people were getting back then. Yeah. And they were spot on. Um, but yeah, so I think like the one thing Tarantino and Rodriguez always do is they know their cinema, right? Like they're film school geeks like me. So they do really hit the nail on the head with the vibe of a Grindhouse Exploitation film with both of these films, in my opinion.
1: I thought, so I'm I'm going to have to say full disclosure, I really, I shouldn't say I really, in general, I enjoy Robert Rodriguez films. It's only been in the last year that I've had a turnaround on Quentin Tarantino, because for the longest time, if you ask me, do you like Tarantino films, I'll go, I love Reservoir Dogs, full stop. Um, And in like the last year or so, I've seen a lot more Tarantino and I'm like, you know. His films aren't bad. Um, you know, I'm still never going to call Pulp Fiction one of my favorites. Uh, all apologies. I'm sorry. Uh, I still think Reservoir Dogs is the best one. I still love it. I have a Mr. Blonde poster. I have a Mr. Blonde doll. Like I will still die on the hill that Reservoir Dogs is my favorite. But especially some of his more like in the last 20 years movies. I've actually really enjoyed it. So I didn't think that I honestly, I didn't think I was gonna like Death Proof more than Planet Terror, but I 1000% loved Death Proof. Um, it was beautiful. It I was? thought the way that it looked aesthetically, I thought everything about it, the casting, the costumes, the blood, the. Go- I thought Death Proof was so frigging pretty. I, I really was surprised with how much I liked it. I really knew nothing going into it. Like literally, my knowledge going into this movie, Kurt Russell's in one of them, and there is uh, a gun leg in the other. And that was my extent of knowledge <laughs> I had on either of these movies. Uh, Rose McGowan. Um, yeah. yeah, she's got a gun
0: leg, and Kurt Russell's in a movie. That's all I knew. Yeah, I so <laughs> I'm with you. I so I am not proud to admit how much I love Quentin Tarantino films with the exception, the very strong exception of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because that movie can go fuck itself. But I, um, I love him and I love me too. I'm a sucker for a Rodriguez film too. And while I do argue that they haven't always aged well, Mm-hmm. um the Pulp Fiction is a movie I freaking love Reservoir Dogs is a great and so my biggest issue is I always have to struggle with my love for these films and my complete and utter fucking hatred of these directors particularly Rodriguez because in my head now Rodriguez doesn't get a dime of my money he's fucking donezo he can go fuck himself I know that there is a lot of he said she said with him and versus you know the whole Weinstein thing and him versus uh, McGowan but I believe her I stand with her I think he knew what Weinstein was doing and I think he fucking went with it just like Quentin knew and they can all go fuck themselves where I'm coming from. So it's, it's really, I've had a really hard time wrapping my brain around juxtaposing my love for all of their films and their canon with my newfound they can all go fuck themselves And to me, once upon a time in Hollywood was Quentin Tarantino raising a big fuck you to the Me Too movement. And I will save that for a rainy day. Nobody wants to hear my, my, my whole diatribe on that. But at the end of the day, I think my support of these guys dies now. And so I'll appreciate their canon. I'll talk about their movies. I'll, you know, I I will appreciate what they've done for cinema because I think especially Tarantino has a place in film history, but they can go fuck themselves as far as I'm concerned. So let's let's dive in a little bit to the cringe so that we could put a pin in that and move on to the movies themselves if you're okay with that. Yeah. So, and there is cringe with both of these guys, right? Like, I mean, Rose McGowan has well-documented the torture that Robert Rodriguez put her through, not only on the set, but in their relationship. He usually, he would literally dangle Weinstein in front of her and kind of threaten her with Weinstein. Um, And he claims that he was her hero. Like, that's the part that makes me the most furious. When you read his narrative of what happened and their relationship, he literally is like, well, I casted her in my movie to spite him really? Cause like your girlfriend was being raped and assaulted and your, your answer was to cast her in a movie that he was producing. Like that just seems like faulty logic to me. Um, and I think it's important to note that she deserves to have her story told. And for all intents and purposes, she has been canceled by Hollywood because of all of this. Now, Quentin, it blows my mind how he has escaped being me too um, It looks like he's just really good at walking the line. So do I think he knew what Weinstein was up to? Absolutely. You can't convince me. Any of these people didn't know. Do I think he was complacent with what Robert Rodriguez was doing to his actress and to people in general? Yes, I do. But what's interesting about Quentin is that he always stayed in the gray area. So I don't know if you read, and we can link this. We can link this in the show notes. Uma Thurman came forward after Kill Bill, and I have to say, Kill Bill is one of my all-time favorite movies. Both of them together, and Uma Thurman admitted that, like on set, he would force her to do things that were unsafe. And she would be like, I can't do that stunt. And he'd be like, I don't care if you die. And like Quentin would be like spitting on her to get her to like be angry as the bride or like he would perpetuate the rape scene to be like authentic. Like the stuff he did was so on the cusp of being me 2 ish So when she came out a couple years ago and she was like, here's all the ways that <laughs> Quentin Tarantino fucked me up royally. Everybody was like, I guess that's okay. Like he, he didn't rape you. So, you know, so it's like it's it's interesting to me that Quentin has survived and will continue to get work and nobody but me seems to be annoyed by what a fucking prick he is in real life. But you know, I think that at the end of the day, one of the things that I boggles my mind is that I view both Death Proof and Kill Bill as somehow uniquely feminist films. And it, it, it like makes me nauseous and I can't reconcile how you could pr- simultaneously be promoting extreme violence against women and promoting like the dude broness of it all, but also somehow have these protagonists that like win in the, these female protagonists that are so fucking awesome. Like Uma Thurman as the bride as Beatrice is one of my favorite fucking characters. And the girls who survive, I mean, the first half where the girls just get splattered, you're so in Death Proof, you're so attached to them, so it hurts. Mm-hmm. And then the second group, you're like, these girls are fucking so good too. So it's like, it, it really, and we can we can kind of put a pin in that and circle back, but I'm just going to say that like, at the end of the day, the contradiction of Tarantino's treatment of women in real life and in his films is one of like my biggest conundrums in cinema, like in my love of cinema, as you would say. So I'm gonna toss it to you now and see what you think about all that. Um,
1: I, I'm pretty much in the same boat as you, um, where it's like that constant struggle of enjoying somebody's canon, finding out some shit, not wanting to support them in the future, and also like that undeniable thing of you have this really amazing artist, visionary director who is also a piece of shit. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like you you don't want to put them in the same bag together, but they're in the same bag together. Right. So it it is,
0: it's right. I mean, because but if it it's, it's looks also, like shit, it smells like shit, yeah. it's shit. Right. And, and like. it's
1: also one of those things, and we've talked about it so many times with Rosemary's baby, where We don't want to, for lack of a better term, we don't want to cancel that movie because it's not just Roman Polanski's movie. Right. You know, you've got Mia Farrow who said, fuck you, Sinatra, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to divorce me. I'm making this movie. You've got people, it's more than just the director. It's, you know, it's never just on a director's shoulders. So it's like, you don't want to take away from other people's art. So it's, I'm I'm with you completely. Like, how do we- How, how do we justify the enjoyment when we know what happened behind the scenes? When we like,
0: you know, we, hindsight is 2020, knowing what happens. Right. It's, it's, it's and I don't know, maybe we're copping out by just being like, well, moving forward, we don't support them, but we sure fucking love their old shit. Like, I feel like that's, maybe I'm copping out. I don't know. I'm always so interested to hear feedback on this kind of stuff because I I think that it's so complicated and like you said Jackie there's so many more people who go into these films that don't deserve to have like the same thing with Kubrick and the same like there's so many of these problematic motherfuckers but man do I love their films um so yeah so uh, like can we can we dive in by starting with the trailers because god damn it those trailers are chef's kiss perfection and here's the thing too like whether I love, like, whether or not I'm ashamed of it, whether or not it's wrong, my God, I love these guys, what they do as directors, even as writers, what they do. And it's funny because I just shit on Eli Roth for a straight hour and a half, right? But, and I had to see his face. I wasn't happy, Jackie. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was like, how dare you, universe? But of course, because he's literally just a puppet of, of Quentin yeah. Tarantino. But, um, you know, and the other thing I love that they did was they did such a great job of, to me, the irony of, of these grind like exploitation films is that the cultural anxieties that th- happened in the 30s through the 70s are the exact same fucking cultural anxieties today, right? Like when you watch a grind, like even Reefer Madness still holds up because yeah. of the ridiculous <laughs> illogicalness of it all. Same thing with like you know the black exploitation films. There's what a what a great time. Like Jordan Peele's like the new advent evolution of that. Like the Nazi fears, the nudity, the sex, the liberation of women, the race cars. None of it has changed in a hundred years. And something about that blows my mind. The fact that the first grind like the the first grindhouse flicks are really coming around in the 20s. Now a hundred years later, we're back in the new 20s. And literally nothing has changed Yeah. as far as like what our society will clutch its pearls at and be like me about. And it's like, fucking chill out, motherfuckers. Like, like if everybody just calmed their boobs just a bit, we'd be in a much better place. But unfortunately, the good thing is we get these awesome grind grindhouse flicks Mm -hmm. out of it. (laughs) Um, All right. So which is your favorite of all the trailers? Because I have a hard, this is my favorite. Which one's yours?
1: Let me hear yours. Oh,
0: Edgar Wright's the the don't the hammer the homage to hammer horror is yeah probably because it's edgar a it's edgar wright and b yeah. so clever and even though i secretly love Thanksgiving i love it i would never <laughs> give eli a vote ever just no, up here I principle can't. no can't do it can't um I, th- I have to th- i can't believe you didn't say werewolf women of the ss starring nick cage it's just so fun to say
1: it is, it is fun to say. It is. I, you know what? I think it's It's like blinded by the love for Edgar Wright.
0: Fair. Yeah. I think it's, you know. I thought Nick Cage. It can't
1: always be about, it can't, can't always be about Nick Cage.
0: Wow. I know. I know. It's I'm sorry. You just dropped a bomb on me. I did drop a bomb. Hobo with the shotgun, of course, was turned into an actual movie, which I I have to admit I've never seen. So I do have to. And same thing with Machete. I'm embarrassed to admit I've never seen Machete. So we definitely should watch both of those films and get around to that when we can. But yeah, Don't looks really good. And what I love the most about Don't as a trailer is that it's so Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. if edgar wright were to make a horror, hammer horror film and god i wish edgar wright would make it. i didn't like last night in soho though so i probably lose I my i still haven't seen that yet i have oh, my, god, really? I yeah. oh, my god i know i've been meaning to watch it i have people but, love um, it i'm just yeah. a, i'm just i don't know what it was it just didn't do it for me maybe we'll cover it for the show because it's horror adjacent we can get away with it fair enough all right so let's dive into to death proof here okay um the one thought i think we could both agree with kurt russell yeah i'd still bang kurt russell oh, even this so fucking hot
1: <laughs> yeah and, and it was funny so stuntman mike which is <laughs> like he, he has to be like one of those creepy bar flies that goes by stuntman mike i was like i'm here for that i like that um when he does his john wayne impression like yes I just like I just wanted to like put a cigarette in my mouth and have Kurt Russell come over with a lighter and like flick mm. and, and light my cigarette for me like I don't know I'm not even a smoker and like that's what I wanted <laughs> in that moment I'm like I'm just gonna go back and buy I'm gonna go buy a pack of cigarettes and just sit on my front porch and wait for Kurt Russell to I come know. to my house and light my cigarette so this movie was really really well casted I loved the group yeah. of girls oh god both um, groups both group yeah of girls both, both groups of girls like and it was fun because they were it was too, like, let's pretend this was high school. That's two completely different cliques of girls in high school kind of thing. Um, but I loved like so many attributes of each one. Um, like I love how playful Julie was with her friend. She's like, yeah, my friend's visiting in town, you know, and if you, you know, she'll give you a lap dance if you, you know, say the right thing or whatever. And like, this is just, this chick is saying this on the radio. Like, how about breaking your, breaking your friend's balls with, yeah. oh yeah, um, I just promised my listening <laughs> audience <laughs> I, give us- yes.
0: <laughs> I know. And so that, it's so true. I love the interaction between these women. I think, and it's funny because again, like, why does Quentin Tarantino? so I have a love hate with Quentin dialogue. I love it 99% of the time. And then 1% of the time, I'm like, Quentin, not everybody talks like you. Like, yes. you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's like he never remembers to include characters who don't have that Quentin Tarantino cap. Like So mm-hmm. like, and they call, apparently it's called the pledge, right? It's a specific type of dialogue where they say something that makes you go, wait, what? And then something big happens. So for the most famous example is in Reservoir Dogs, when Tarantino's Mr. Pink says, you know what like a version's really about it's about the fact that the a woman guy a guy a girl gives digs a guy with a big dick right and you're like wait what and then be and like and the dialogue. what i love about this film and in kill bill is so much of the dialogue you're like wait what and then you're like oh shit look what just happened like and it, it works it's like he gets your attention so well and there, you have to be smart enough and clever enough to get the like it's just smart and it's yeah. fucking funny. And you love you. It makes you fall in love with the characters while it also builds the suspense. That's so like you're on the edge because the whole time they're out the scene where they're sitting and they're like in the rain and they're all sitting out there. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. The whole yeah. you no, know he's going for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so fucking clever. And, and again, you're right. Like, I want to hang out with those girls. I wanted to be the person they called to come and hang out and drink and, get, you know, get fucked yeah. up and be silly. But also then I'm like, okay, but Quentin, not everybody talks like this.
1: (laughs) Um, Real quick before we keep going with like plot stuff. um, As per usual, the soundtrack in a Tarantino film Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. so fucking good. Mm -hmm. God damn, does this man know how to put the music in? Like it, every single song is a song I've probably never heard of, but then watch the movie and now fucking love. And I've added a couple yeah. of those songs to my Spotify playlist because they're so
0: fucking cool. Like he is, he is, it's he so is right.
1: is it, really fucking good at that.
0: Every single, <laughs> I mean, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack is fucking flawless, like start to finish yeah. iconic. And now when I hear those songs, like I can't listen to Miserloo without thinking of the rape scene from Pulp Fiction anymore. Yeah. You know, like it changes your head about yeah. the, which is, which is no easy feat. Another <laughs> getting back to his soundtrack though, it does traumatize you a little bit. Cause then you start associating the, the songs with these horrible things. And it also reminds me of how little Tarantino actually understands women. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> is it weird to Tarantino that a woman could like a John Hughes film and also be super into like cars or like, like, I feel like he thinks yeah. he thinks he's writing a woman that doesn't exist, which pisses me off like same thing with kill yeah. bill it's like th- th- how would how would bill have ever landed her being as cringy as he is <laughs> like yeah. there's just and same thing with kurt russell's character as much as i i mean he's kurt russell so he can get away with it you're like is are you okay like you don't you can't talk to a woman like you clearly and, and i mean arguably by design right but like right that man mike is supposed to be a little smooth and he's not he's just cringy <laughs> he's and again, Jungle Julie and that whole group are tragically killed. And he's brilliant because he doesn't drink, he lets them get all drunk. He it looks like an accident to the doctors. The doctors don't care because it's just a bunch of broads out on a Saturday night. The
1: the the accident scene is might brutal. be one of my like most favorite moments of cinema ever captured. Wow. Because you, I'm serious. Like I was, was brittle, legitimately blown away with how cool that looked. Because yeah. we got shown. The car, like he basically, he, if you haven't seen it, he has a car that's death proof. He's a stunt man. So he's, as the driver is always perfectly safe, but anybody else, you know, you're fucked. So he basically drives into the girl's car and like clips the top off the car and mm-hmm. all four girls in it are horribly, horribly, horribly dismembered. killed. Right. But the way that it's shot is we get shown that scene each time for each different girl and we get a very detailed account of exactly how they die and it is gruesome it is bloody it is gory and it is so fucking
0: cool right and 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 agreed and the violence because like it's so hard to watch at that point because you're so emotionally invested in all of them um but when the second group of girls chase him down and beat him to a literal death I'm like yeah the whole time because and it's funny because like like I said Molly watched Les Simmons she was like so this guy's like a jerk and he's trying to kill him in the car and I was like yeah and she was like so now they're gonna go kill him and I was like yeah (laughs) I was like and I explained to her what an exploitation film was and she goes that's stupid and she walks away like she was so unaffected by the whole thing it made me giggle but to be fair she only watched the first the last five minutes of the movie so and i i had
1: mentioned reservoir dogs and so after the first group of girls die when we meet this second group like it's it's a complete shift in the movie where it's almost like you're watching a different movie But I love the scene in the diner because it was very reminiscent of Reservoir Dogs in the scene in the diner in Reservoir Dogs before they head out when they're all sitting there talking. It was, to me, it was very, like, the way it was shot, the dialogue, it was very reminiscent of Reservoir Dogs, which makes it difficult because I don't know if I like the first part of Death Proof better or the second
0: part. I think... It feels like two separate movies. It it really does, which is
1: amazing to me that that you know tarantino pulled that off where we get you know the same movie it has it has such a different feel i mean it's colored different like it's just it's a it brighter is it's completely like it's, yeah and it was done so well and we get introduced to this this next group of women who again like we almost have like these archetypes like we have mm-hmm. kind of the you they know are archetypes you know we've got but in a
0: weird way right. yeah
1: we've gotten an ingenue and we've got mm-hmm. more of like you know a, a tough girl yeah, like and the tomboy there yeah like, then there's like a car snow. the motorhead girl right and then there's kind of just like the uh, kind of like an every girl um yeah. rosario dawson's character is kind of yeah. like yeah the like average, i like a little right. bit of this
0: little bit of that yep the protect- and, right
1: yeah and it's it's such it's such a cool shift of it's, it's it's almost like they take all the time to do what generally slasher movies do in 10 minutes where you've got the killer that has been murdering the women the whole entire time and then there's kind of a shift and now the final girl gets to kill the killer. Yeah. What I liked about this is it had that shift but we just really expanded it to we get to meet the final girls and we get to learn about the final girls and we get the in-depth like thought process of the final girl because you know they're in the car and stuntman mike's trying to kill him and it, instead of being like oh my god but blah, blah, it was like all right fuck this guy we're going after him and i loved seeing that process from start to finish i love that everything was drawn out everything was explained i loved seeing every moment of their decisions of being scared that their friend is going to die To turning around and that same friend that was screaming because she thought she was dead, you know, any second for her to jump up and be like, cool, I'm fine. Let's kill this fucker.
0: Yeah, there's something, I mean, and I love the the feminism of that. The fact that the girl's like, yeah, I'm good, bro. Let's fucking go fuck this guy up. Like, it's so feminist. So I, I found an article in Paste Magazine from 2022 called Death Proof and the Contradictions of Quentin Tarantino's Strong Women. And it was like, this person was in my brain because they were, they were, and we can link it in the show notes. I couldn't stop thinking about how hard it was for me to, for some reason to accept how feminist this film really reads to me. And the, one of the things that is said is that it's strange that he can hit, he being Quentin, can hit a home run when it comes to giving female characters the power they are always entitled to, but that he captures the unique anguish and fear that stems directly from their own gender. And I think that's so interesting because it's true, like the victims who are become the aggressors, right? They become the final girl, they survive, and they go back and they kill him. And the fear that they that he's getting off on causing becomes the fear that he then feels, right? This man. They they give him a very big dose of his own medicine. And he's such a little bitch by the end that you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but when I then juxtapose that. With what was happening behind the scenes in the '90s and 2000s in these movies, and what these poor women had to go through to be in these films and to be a part of Weinstein's legacy, and to you know be rolling with the dude bros of the the Rodriguezes and the Tarantino's, the the fact that Rose McGowan was dealing with her own feelings of rape and violence while having to portray that same rape and rapey violenceness in these films just makes me so icky. And so one of the other quotes I want to quote from this this article because it captured exactly how I felt was Quentin Tarantino's contradictory treatment of characters will always puzzle, excite, and disgust in equal measure. And that's the truth of it. For me, it's like, I love it. I'm boggled by it. I'm disgusted by it, but I can't get enough of it. And it makes me feel- bad for liking it as much as i do and one of the other things they say in this in this article which is so true is that when you're watching this film particularly it's like watching him play with dolls he poses these women in ways that are pleasing to the male gates, right? Like very hypersexualized, like the feet, because you know he's got the weird fetish. Very, there's lots of foot shots. There's even her feet get like chopped off when she's hanging them out the fucking window of the car. Yeah. There's lots of like boobies and butts and and guys trying to make passes at them. Fucking Eli Roth, and yet, like he also makes dialogue that is like every man's dream, right? Every man wants a jungle Julie who's so cool and so fucking like aloof and just bangs guy, like. And and it's not to say that that, that person can't exist in real life, but not every woman is that person. Not every yeah. one of us is that cool. And the same thing with the tropey. I think the second group of girls fall victim to tropes more than the first group yeah. because I feel like, all right, the token, like butchy girl, the token, acty, like a stupid one who stays the whole back. You know, like- so I think there's a touch of danger and like they highlight, he highlights and almost exploits their sexuality in ways that I feel uncomfortable with. But then I'm like, well, do I feel uncomfortable with this because it's Quentin or because it's actually cringy? And I can't tell. I can't tell if if this film was made by a woman if I wouldn't have been like, oh, that was so fucking cool.
1: Yeah. You know? I, I always, I it's I'm always torn. such a gray area for me because it's like, like the whole sexuality thing. It's like, I don't know. I want to give a woman, you know, the right to to be as trophy as she, and, wants be, you know, right? as she wants to be. You want to be a big slutty and put your titties right. out? Fucking do, do it. it. They're your titties. Right. Right. You're not doing it for them. I, 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 recently, uh, I was listening to, to a podcast that my our friend Adam is on. Um, and he was talking about how Uh, he does a lot of figure drawings and he does all body types, all body shapes, all races, all, you know, girls with blue hair, girls with shaved head, like athletic, you know, and, and he was talking about, you know, when he's doing that kind of art, you know, it's, it's never for somebody else. You know, it's like, it's the kind of person that's going to buy that when they see themselves in his art, it's, it's for them. When you use, he's got a, you know, a, a, a woman that is in lingerie and she's got a very fit build and it's all super sexy. Cool. And you have the same set of lingerie on a woman who is a plus size person. You know, it's like that plus size person is not putting that lingerie on for anybody else. It's like, she's doing it for herself, you know, and the art it's all about, you know, to, to get back to the topic of, you know, sexuality and whatever, like, The misconception that we're being, I'm going to say way, I'm going to generalize the misconception that we as women put on makeup and put our titties out and, and, you know, wear tight clothing that it is for someone else other than the fact that we're doing it for us because it makes us feel good. It makes us feel sexy. Like, I think, you know, it's one of those things where if we want to have that, we can do that. So it's always such a, like, yeah, I, I completely agree that if this woman, if a woman had made this movie would we be saying the same things or would we be fucking cheering it on from the fucking rooftops that fuck. Yeah. This is
0: the movie that needs to be made. This is the message that needs to be sent kind of thing. Right. And is it, I mean, like even the diversity of the characters is something to be applauded in a 2007 movie. In my opinion, there's so like, there's so many different, like there's a African-American character. There's a Latino character. There's, there's so much diversity. There's so much, but again, like this whole, like, Hey, be careful, there's predators out there. A wink from Quentin in 2007 just feels, hits different for me. And I don't know if maybe you're right. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe the women in this film all made choices with their wardrobe and with, I mean, maybe he didn't pose them, but in my head, it just feels like he's, he forced them, their hand and that, I don't know. But I do love that the predator becomes the prey. My my question for you is, you would be in that car. Are you bad at bad? Like, are we bad at ass enough to be like, "fuck well, it, let's go kill him now"? Or do we call that one? I call that one one. We yeah, no, we call. 911. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not we, we, I think we. I'm
1: not that girl. We, you know what? We have a probably like twenty minute conversation where we're gonna
0: beat his ass. <laughs> we go into detail. You about probably stop him. Me. Up. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm out of the car. Like I'm going to go kick his ass and you pull me and, back. And, and, yeah. I think Again, we get versa. to the point.
1: We <laughs> get to the point where we're like, we get out and we like grab the baseball bats from the trunk because for some reason we have baseball bats in the trunk. I think we get to the point of getting baseball bats in the trunk. And then we're like, you know what? I think we should let the professionals handle this. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think I so think too. Maybe we call nine one one. I don't think we. I think, we, we, we're, I think we talk a big game,
0: and we then I think. Oh, we act like we're gonna go yeah. kill him. Oh sure. yeah, no, we talk. Yeah, we big game. we talk Um big. Is there a, so I know situations? I know there are situations where I would kill, but I don't guy. think this would be it for me. Like no, I this would not it. Like me. you just, this guy literally just tried to kill you. I, I would
1: like to think that violence does not beget violence yeah, I would like to think to that die. I could control, I would like to think that I could control myself and be the better person and be like you know I'm gonna wait until like the cops are putting the cuffs on him and then be like yeah him in the hold me back yeah. hold me back <laughs> I'm gonna kick his ass like I feel like no, that's I like don't... I would I would like talk the talk and then as he's being put into the car
0: being like you're a little bitch yeah, what week. Yeah, yeah like that's um, what I <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to think that f- rational older me would would prevail, but yeah. you know me. You know I'm the one you got to hold back, and I that I have a, <laughs> a a bit of a temper about me. I don't know if you know this about me, um. And there are certain situations where, without any hesitation, I would kill. But I don't yeah. know that this would be one of them. Um, yeah,
1: I don't
0: don't but I also would be really pissed that he tried to kill me. (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, I mean I would like I would I'm like I'm the kind of person that like like I said, I don't I would like to think that I would not be violent. I would also like to think that I would find you and I would like put something in your food so you had diarrhea for three weeks straight.
0: Yeah, me or the guy who
1: did it? No, the guy who did it. Oh, okay. That's he
0: deserves way more than um
1: like I kind of want to be sneaky. Like I'll poison you, I'll poison you a little bit. I don't want to kill you. Um. you know but
0: I'll you know I'll put some crud in your soup yeah, yeah that's put- really kind of you I would definitely be like no, he deserves to die like I would yeah. I would do way worse than yeah um interesting interesting so I anything else on Death Proof mm, no I, I like that way more than I thought I was going to me I'm glad I'm glad to hear that because I kind of forced you into this watch and I love love that movie yeah. now the second one I like
1: agreed <laughs> Which surprises me because I was geared up. I'm like, Robert Rodriguez from Dust Till Dawn. Let's do yeah. this. He's my boy. Like, I love from Dust Till Dawn. Mm, so Josh Brolin. I, I love Josh Brolin. Yeah. I, I was geared up for this movie because I'm like, this is going to be so much better than Death Proof. Like, I'm ready. Um, this was enjoyable. Didn't love it like I love Death Proof.
0: No, same. Yeah. I and, and it actually doesn't hold up for me as well as Death Proof does. Yeah. Um, like it feels like uh, i don't know it feels like it's trying a little too hard in my opinion to be grindhousey and shocking and over the top that it almost kind of like it feels i feel the effort there and it doesn't it doesn't work for me
1: this basically felt like it was like uh what do i have in my note? This feels like somebody was like, hey, you know that uh video game that you play at the arcade, House of the Dead? Um, do you want to make that into a movie? Like, this felt like he was <laughs> yeah. trying to make a, like, new Resident Evil movie or, like, a new House of the Dead.
0: Right. And like, was- I don't know
1: why it had that feeling, but I'm just like, I just, you know, guns and zombies. Like, it just felt like he was yeah. making a bad remake of, like, a video right. game. And when we do video game to film, you know?
0: Right. And there's so much cringy violence against women whether it's the spousal abuse whether it's the almost rape scenes whether whatever the well the rape scene whatever the case may be that like to me it's like there's whereas in Death Proof there's an old underlying ultimate theme of empowerment in Planet Terror I'm feeling very watching Rose McGowan's victimization again and I, I keep saying I should say Cherry Bomb and for Freddy, Freddy Rodriguez right Freddie Rodriguez's character is is a nice hero to her but mm-hmm. I just, there's nothing sits well with me. Like when I watch all these abuses that the men in this movie enact in this violence against women, all in the name of a zombie flick, it never pays off. Yeah, she, I guess, gets her big comeuppance when she gets a a gun for a leg and runs around shooting everybody. But I just don't ever feel like it truly, the victimization that I have to watch her go through. And in addition to the victimization the other female characters go through, never feels worth the payoff for me with this film. So it's like cringy to me.
1: That I will say is the one element that Robert Rodriguez did completely on point as far as like homage to Grindhouse. Because okay. one of the things I had read about Grindhouse is about the posters and the artwork in particular is they are going to put like the most graphic, cool, like basically it's clickbait. And yeah. when you think about Planet Terror, what do you think about her? Her, her leg. Machine gun leg. Mm-hmm all movie, I'm like, where the fuck is the machine gun leg? (laughs) And it's, like, the last ten minutes of the movie. It's true. I mean, the hook worked. Like, I'm waiting the whole time for fucking machine gun leg. Because when you think of that... Yeah. And, yeah, it's, like, not until the very, very end. So, I mean, he got you there. He clickbaited you. That's fair, yeah. Yeah.
0: And and you're right. I didn't think about that. The fact that the gun, leg only makes up such a small, like, Mm -hmm. you know... I just feel like it's the, the I don't know I don't I think, think this it's film is like we know
1: is... we know too much about reality with this movie where reality kind of blends with the fantasy of the movie and I think it makes it a tougher watch because of that. Where right. Actually, like there was the victimization of Rose McGowan the actress, yeah, and there was the victimization of her character Cherry happening at the same time i know and And then right and it it was done at the hands of the guy
0: who made the movie right yeah and and i think that like at the end of the day whereas tarantino has a long history jackie brown the the bride um even like you know some of the characters the less like the minor characters in some of his earlier films there are females who are arguably uh, feminine you could get a feminist read on and i would argue that you could make a feminist read on on cherry bomb but they don't give her enough time to flourish into a final girl more so than just hey you're so fucked let me put a gun on your leg violence 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 like you know what i mean like eh, i don't know i i think this is the weaker of the two but it is um i did
1: enjoy the the comedy aspect of this movie like there were parts of this movie that were funnier than i I expected it to be Uh, see i didn't there was some there was some parts that i didn't find i mean like the the big payoff that's the pun um like the the you know cherry's what's his name
0: freddie freddie yeah, uh, yeah yeah like
1: his whole thing is like you know he never misses like when he shoots a gun he never misses when he shoots he never misses yeah and then like the joke at the end where she's pregnant <laughs> because he shoots and never, misses. never misses like yeah. i did i i this was a little bit there, is, there than were I parts where i
0: giggled yeah, yeah
1: that's like funny. i didn't expect that kind of Clever comedy.
0: Yeah. And like even like the monstrous characters had a comedic edge to them. Like Brolin's villain had like <laughs> I can't take. I know I love him so much that it's hard to, but like there's definitely like moments, like even like the Texas Chili Bar, like there's a lot of tee things going on. I think it's it's Cherry Darling is I don't know. I keep calling her Cherry Bob like the song by what's its face? What's the band that um Joe Jet was the runaways? The runaways she's your cherry bob, cherry darling, excuse me. But like um even like when, like the, the, the attempts at, at, at humor that make me uncomfortable are like during the rape scene. And like, you right. know what I mean? Like there's so, I don't know. I don't know. The well, cringy characters are supposed to be funny.
1: Tom Savini's character, which in my oh notes, my I just call him officer sex machine because <laughs> uh, that's fair. of his character from vessel <laughs> Dawn. His, he was so fucking funny in this movie. Like I was like, every, all the stuff with the, with that he did. I love when it was like, you know, when the cop was like, don't shoot me. And then like, he gets shot. Like, he I don't did. know. The comedic elements were there in this movie more so than Death Proof. Oh, like, for sure. I feel like there were parts where it was like, this set out to be a comedy that also had zombies and also had some violence and some explosions. You know, this this was way funnier than I expected it to be
0: okay yeah that's i mean that's really fair i did chuckle a few times i i have to be honest i was much less into this watch than i was into the the other yeah. one i mean i thought um, i thought it was fun when like the i get stuck, made me giggle like there were things that definitely made me giggle looking yeah. at my notes i'm like tee hee hee a few times yeah. um but to me this one just doesn't like yeah this one just doesn't add up as much for me <laughs> um also the the babysitter twins <laughs> that's fair
1: they they were I'm like why were they not my babysitters because they were super fucking fun I love the babysitters <laughs> I point. liked
0: the whole plot of the mom I mean you know me I'm a sucker for a mom trying to rescue a kid mm-hmm. um they kill the kid I we know it's pretty it. badass that's pretty horrible it. it's a pretty horrific fate that yeah. most of these characters meet I mean in the in the honor like in the way of true grindhouse right like you you want people to die but yeah it was a ballsy move I thought I I, I like that part. You know,
1: there's probably a whole psychological reason that in the beginning there was the guy that was like, "My note is why balls, ooh, yeah, I know, ball sack." I'm eating
0: lunch, like that I was no, <laughs> it was gross. It was a gross. It's a gross, really over the top, and like almost over the top to the point where it's like comedic, which I guess is what they're going for. But yeah. it was, it was brutal like i was like it was pretty yucky and i and i I always love like just like the the oozy the like i don't like like it's like anything adjacent to like dr pimple popper makes me want to barf so no that's me i'm like
1: it was yeah i wasn't i I was eating lunch apparently when i watched this movie because yeah why (laughs) why balls Ooh ooh testicles yeah i'm eating lunch um and then like a little a little bruce willis which i always
0: good for what ails you always always even Kate when two, he's, call me he's an- right he's he's another one who even when he's playing his back. i'm like Bruce Willis. yeah don't forget to check us out on
1: social media or your favorite podcasting app just search for jersey ghouls and you will find us there you can also find our podcast contact. our blog our, our contact for information
0: contact
1: friend for information yeah. order our fur for <laughs> You know what? The Swedish chef
0: is taking us out tonight.
1: Gotjerseysgoals.com. To That's yeah. all I'm trying to say. All right, well, we're done here, right? Oh, bye-bye. Oh, oh, bye-bye.